Blue Straight at War podcast coming your way, episode 442. This is a compound episode. Steve Schmee joined in by Ricky V, as in Victory Rock, R-O-C-K, the Rickster. What's up? Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? What's up? So, guys, uh, this one, guys and gals, we've got a fun one coming your way. Uh, this is one that, you know, it's a series that we just started on these compound even episodes, and we're going to be doing um, basically myth, you know, bro science things that you hear in the gym, myths. We're going to kind of talk about them. We're going to debate them. We're going to tell you some studies on this stuff. So we're going to approach this stuff from, you know, a scientific area to kind of debunk these myths. And we're also going to approach it from an anecdotal standpoint as well. But, um, you know, it's important to separate anecdotal evidence. You know, anecdotal evidence is just isn't I did something and it worked for me. That's not anecdotal evidence. Anecdotal evidence is when you go over over time and you see things that happen when pe people are doing some a certain way. So this one is going to be a nutrition myth. Previous episode was a steroid myth. And then the next one we're thinking is going to be more of a weight training myth. And I'll give you a little preview on that one. Uh, we're going to be talking about does weight training stunt your growth? So that's going to be a fun one to do. Uh, but in this one, we're going to talk about diet myths. So the first one, Rick is going to talk about the first one and it has to do with breakfast. So Rick, go over the first myth that we hear a lot. And that's uh, something out there that the food companies love people to hear. It's not a myth um, that guys who listen to this podcast believe anymore, I would hope. But definitely uh, this myth that breakfast, most important meal of the day, and this is a real mainstream myth, something that a lot of people that are not all about their fitness grind really uh, believe and really think is real. Do you need to eat breakfast? No, you don't. You actually don't. The reason you have some fat, some lard on you right now is because your body is evolved to hold on to body fat. For those times, for those days when you just don't have a lot of calories available in your diet, this is evolution. Now, remember, guys, I'm talking here to the guys that are just doing some weights, doing some steroids to just look good with their shirt off, you know, wanting to be Big Bob at the office, you know, neck bulging out of their, <laughs> out of their tie, right? Like, for you guys, just trying to be big Bob at the office, um, you don't you don't need breakfast. If you're you know high level, you're competing, you already are way past genetic limitations, taking a ton of sauce. You know, some of you guys, uh, your coach is going to want to put you on a six to even eight meal a day regimen, spread throughout the day, avoid catabolism, blah blah blah. Those guys, hey man, listen to your coaches. But the rest of us, guys that are just trying to look good with their shirt off without having to devote so much time, energy, and effort the way the competitive guys are doing. For you guys out there, you can just skip breakfast, man. As a matter of fact, the majority of really hardworking entrepreneurs will tend to skip breakfast or will have something very light in the morning. There's just, there's just no need to slam down a bunch of carbohydrates in the morning. There's just no reason at all, especially if you, if you got a little fat on you, if you got some fat mass on you, you probably, your liver is probably full of energy that you can spend that day. So that's a myth. Breakfast is not necessary. You're not going to go catabolic and lose all your muscle mass. If you don't eat breakfast, um, it's just not, it's not going to happen. Um, and that is my advice for pretty much everybody out there. If you want to, if you want to get on the road to staying lean year-round, staying pretty darn lean year-round, uh, make sure to omit breakfast from your day. Uh, or you could have something like a breakfast. Just make sure it's several hours after you're awake. You know, you could take all of those uh, six meals and cram them down in a six-hour period, four to six, maybe eight-hour period. If you want to spread it out a little bit, get all those calories in at that time and be fine. It's just, it's easier for most of us um, as far as scheduling your day goes. And for you big guys out there uh, on the competition circuit, 
trying to make a life out of this, trying to gain 10 to 15, 20 pounds year after year after year after year. Those guys out there, well, yeah, I mean, do what your coach says. He's probably going to have you eat early in the morning. He might even have you set up a, an alarm clock to wake you up in the middle of the night to go have a sandwich or a protein shake or something. If uh, that's what the guy that you trust and you're paying money to do is telling you to do, you go ahead and do it. Rest of us winging this on our own, doing our own research, putting it all together, asking a question here and there to the forums, trying to bring it all together ourselves. You guys, you can skip breakfast. It's not necessary. You're not going to lose your gains because you you skip the breakfast. Uh, as long as you get all of your necessary calories for the day, you, you'll, you'll be fine. Oh, as a matter of fact, I've personally found that cardio in the AM, in the morning, fasted cardio in the morning has been one of the most powerful weapons for fat loss and, and getting lean that I've ever tried. Obviously, uh, some natural coaches out there will say that AM cardio is no better and there's studies to prove it. And to their credit, that they kind of sort of are. But talking about steroid users, talking about guys on the motherfucking sauce, you're injecting, you're taking orals. That AM cardio motherfucking works. That AM cardio is really, really, really beneficial. Especially you apply some of your hemp flame around the fatty areas you're trying to reduce. Yohimflame.com, guys, check it out. Yeah, it's definitely a really good, good weapon for getting tighter, getting leaner. Is maybe skipping that breakfast and and switching it out for some cardio instead. A cardio and maybe a big, big jug of uh, green tea, no sugar, no cream, with some ice. Glug, 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 glug. Take chump that down with some water. Uh, maybe take some N2 burn or N2 slim before you run. Maybe some cortisol before you run. These are all products you can buy from uh, needtobuildmuscle.com. And uh, just, just skip the breakfast. You know, have your first meal after one, two in the afternoon. You're good to go. Next one we're going to talk about is the myth of refined oils are no different than unrefined oils. Because, you know, a lot of people look at both of them and they say, well, spoonful of coconut oil, it's got 150 calories. Spoonful of canola oil as has 150 calories. Same thing. Put it in our body, it's going to have the same effects. Wrong. Re refined oils is something that humans have only been eating, uh, consuming for a very short amount of time. Now, refined oils that are out there, you can look at, you know, ingredients of these products and they're put in our foods, in restaurants, in fast food companies, they put them in because they're preservatives and they help the food last longer. When you're a restaurant or a fast food company, you're trying to make as much margin as you can on that food. It's very hard to make a profit. That's why you see a lot of restaurants, they open, they don't last very long, then they shut down. That's just how it goes. It's a cycle. It's a very cyclical industry for that reason. So restaurants, for them to stay alive, they have to cheat. And by cheating, they have to keep this food from going bad. So they use these hydrogenated oils, the canola oil, the vegetable oil, the soybean oil, the sapphire oil, the corn oils, any of these refined oils. When you go through a refining process, you're bleaching it, okay? You are creating heat, okay? It's basically they're altered with these chemicals to put it in, add it to these foods including chemicals like hexane, for example. So whenever you go eat at a restaurant or eat fast food or you buy packaged foods, look at, look at the labels of these packaged foods. You usually find one of these refined oils in there and you're putting that in your body. And what we have seen, again, I, I'm talking about the scientists, scientific approach or the anecdotal evidence. The anecdotal evidence over the past 40, 50 years is an epidemic of health problems because of these refined oils. Now, these refined oils are actually banned in certain European countries, but they're legal in the United States because we don't care. You know, um, people don't care enough to make us think about it. But you listen to the show and you come on the forums because you're trying to be more healthy. So you're depending on Rick and I to teach you guys how to become more healthy. And this is one of the instant ways you can reverse your health 
These refined oils that you're putting in your body, they don't belong in our body, guys. They don't belong. And if you look up studies on this, studies will say that these refined oils have health benefits. But what the studies, if you actually look at the science and read the, the, the studies and read the science, it's not what it appears. Basically, you're supposed to get two to one ratio of these, these types of uh, fats in our diet. But at the American diet, we're getting like 20 to one, 30 to one, or really 20 to zero. Uh, we don't get any uh, of these healthy fats in our diet. It's all these unhealthy fats. So the quickest way to fix that is just is just eliminating these unhealthy fats because you're going to get them at some point. I mean, I'm not an idiot. I know that you're going to go eat at grandma's house and she's going to cook with vegetable oil or canola oil. Or you're going to go to a restaurant. You're going to go maybe have fast food, you know, once in a blue moon. I mean, I don't eat fast food, but I do, you know, on occasion, maybe I'll eat at a restaurant or something. So I'm going to get some of these refined fats and that's fine. But getting these refined fats every day and not getting any of the healthy unrefined fats is not going to help. It's going to destroy your, your gut health. It's going to destroy your heart health. It's going to go into your body and cause other types of problems. We know about the, the gastrointestinal, um, the, the gastro problems with these refined oils. Um, and if you look at the studies that they actually will increase your inflammatory bowel disease, your IBD, your colitis, your Crohn's disease, it's going to hurt the cells in your gut. It's going to cause a big imbalance of your gut flora. So all these gut problems that you may be experiencing can be helped greatly by just eliminating these refined oils from your diet, guys. So look for soybean oil, canola oil, corn oil, hydrogenated oil, all these oils that are in our food. Read the labels and be aware that uh, restaurant food and fast food all has it. But here's the problem too. Olive oil, even coconut oil that you buy at a supermarket is going to be refined. You have to get the unprocessed, unrefined, and it's got to be cold pressed coconut oil. That's the one I recommend. Okay. Olive oil is very, very tricky because there's a lot of loopholes with olive oil. Um, you could buy olive oil from the store and legally they can include 50% of that olive oil can be another oil. All right. So that's the problem with consuming olive oil. Now I had a podcast guest on my show like three years ago who came on and he said, if it's from California, then it is, and it's in a black glass bottle. It is most likely legitimate olive oil. But if it's shipped in, you see it's from Italy or from Spain or from, from you know, another country, it's likely not really pure olive oil. And uh, so that's one of the tips he gave, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I've done some research on it. I haven't been able to confirm that. So just to make sure to be on the safe side, I only cook with unrefined cold pressed coconut oil. And it's an extremely healthy fat and it has health benefits and you will avoid these nasty, nasty hydrogenated oils that are in these refined oils that are in everything these days. And it's really compounding our health crisis that we're experiencing um, throughout North America. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, the corn industry, obviously they want people, they want high fructose corn syrup and everything. They want these hydrogenated oils and everything, the canola industry, the soybean oil industry, they depend these farmers and these corporate corporate farms, they depend on us, you know, putting this stuff in our food. So, you know, I hate, you know, some of these places you think, oh, it's healthy Chipotle. Oh, Chipotle is healthy. It's healthy food. It's not. They use, they use hydrogenated refined sunflower oil in their food. It's horrible for you. It's absolutely horrible. So if you want, you know, Mexican food, I love Mexican food. Guess what? You can go and make your own, um, get, you know, the, um, get coconut, floured fajitas that are, you know, good quality and you can make your own, you know, Mexican food at home using unrefined cold pressed coconut oil, but do not, you guys really need to be aware of what's going on in your body. You have to avoid these refined oils. They are killing you. And 
you know, they're affecting everything that's going on in your body from your brain health to your gut health, to your heart health. It's just affecting everything. And it really needs to be, you have to do everything you can to eliminate it from your diet because you're still going to get it. Even if you do everything you can to eliminate it, you're still going to get it. You see what I'm saying? So it's, you really need to just make sure that you're eliminating it. It's, it's something that I've been studying for, for quite a few years, guys, and it's really going to make a big difference um, in your health. So that's, that's one of the big myths right there, guys, that all, 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 all cooking oils and all these re, all refined oils and, and unrefined oils are the same thing because of the same calories. No, that's it. one is toxic and one is healthy and natural. So they're not the same thing at all. So Rick, the next one we're going to get into, and if you want to comment on that, I'd like to hear your opinion on that as well. And then um, kind of get into um, the next topic, which is restricted eating and the benefits. Quality of the foods is always important. The quality of the oils, the quality of everything. Uh, I don't, I've, we, we've been, we've talked about if it fits your macros a lot here on this podcast, but uh, yeah, you have to fit your macros, but you also want good quality foods. You want to put good things into your body. You can't, you can't make it fit your macros with McDonald's and, and fast food, not on a daily basis, at least. So I definitely, um, think quality, quality of foods is great. Um, as far as time-restricted feeding, time-restricted feeding is, I've found, and many, many folks agree with me, is one of the easiest, best, simplest way to stay lean, to, to not have to worry about your, your weight getting out of control. And the main benefit to it, I find, is you kill, you kill the hunger. You know, you kill the hunger, you, you kill that addiction to carbohydrates, that addiction to, to fast energy. It's, I mean, think about that, right? If you have body fat on you, hanging off of you, maybe that's why you're in the gym grind and, and listen to this podcast. If you have body fat hanging off of you, why would your brain be making you miserable? Because you haven't ate in four or five hours. You know, if, if you if you have body fat hanging on you, that's stored energy, enough stored energy for days, by the way, then why would your body be making you feel sick, lightheaded, nauseous, pain in your gut, just because it's 2, 3 p.m. and you and you haven't had breakfast and you haven't ate anything since last night? How does that work, right? Well, that hunger you feel. That, that eating at your stomach, that lightheadedness, that's just, that's withdrawals. So those, are, those are real withdrawals, like from drugs. Your body withdrawing of that fast energy, of being used to you eating from the time you wake until the time you go to sleep. So killing the hunger is one of the most important things you can do because once you kill the hunger, once you train yourself to eat in a, in a short four to six hour window, then you're not hungry anymore. And then fasting, going a couple of days with just, just drinking liquids, it, it just becomes so much easier to do, so much easier to do, way more enjoyable to do. So killing the hunger is, is, very, is, is a very good, good benefit to fasting, as well as just making it so much easier to stay lean. Guys, just so much easier to stay lean. And you're not going to lose muscle mass. You do need to eat all of your calories, every calorie you need for the day, you need to eat that in that four-hour window. Of course, you got to do that. Four to six-hour window. Some guys go, go with eight, whatever. You do have to do that. You do have to get all your calories in. But I've just found it to be so convenient, so incredibly convenient to not have to worry about food all damn day. To the point that when I, I have to hang out and do things with, with regular people, I mean, it, it becomes uh, becomes a bit annoying, but I mean, I get used to it, like going on a trip with my kids or with a lady or whatever it is. I, I have to remember, like, like these people have to stop <laughs> throughout the day to get food. And if they haven't eaten in three, four hours, they start to get cranky, they start to get antsy. 
while me, I could just, you know, it could be 9 p.m., 24 hours of going by, I haven't eaten anything. I, I just forgot to eat today. Fuck, damn. Oh, just, just too many things going on. And, and I'm not suffering. And, and you won't suffer either if you kill the hunger. And time-restricted feeding is, is probably one of the best ways to do it. I'll go back to my point at the start of the podcast. If you're just a huge guy, big competitive guy, and you're working with a coach, definitely going to want to listen to the guy you're paying money to do what. But if you're just big Bob trying to look good to go to the office, Definitely time-restricted feeding is one of the best weapons to just stay lean year-round, stay hard, harder than you normally would eating all damn day. It's just a really, really good tool to help you achieve your goal and, and stay really lean without, without going too crazy, with, 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 without suffering over food. And that, that's the practice of killing the hunger really is is incredibly beneficial to any of us that are trying to look good because most people have a real problem. The real, real problem most people have has to do with our hunger, our inability to stay focused, to stay geared on the diet. That's a real issue for, for many of us. So why don't, you, uh, as- why don't you touch on that story you told me off air about the guy on that show alone, what happened to him? Explain um, it. Oh yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a show where uh, guys are a lot of people were set up to uh, to survive in the wilderness. They're all five, six, seven miles from each other. And um, one of the guys who got pulled out of the show, he lost something like forty pounds. It was it was, it was half a million dollars to whomever stayed in the wilderness the longest. And and they get a few things to bring with them. Well, this particular guy he he had caught a bunch of fish. He'd caught something like 15, 16 salmon, and he smoked the salmon in order to store it. No refrigerators, right? They had to build their own shelter and stuff. And the guy actually didn't get hungry anymore. He didn't get hungry anymore. And what he started doing was eating only half a fish every other day. Um, to the point where, to him, it became it became a problem because they would get medical checkups from the show producers to bring a... Um, they bring a doctor over to check up all these people at their, at their camps that they built. And this particular guy, um, they had to pull him out because he, his blood pressure was low because his body fat percentage was so low because he'd lost so much weight. And as they were trying to pull him out of there and take him, he was kind of upset because he had something like 15 smoked fish, smoked salmon sitting in his, his thing. But he was, he was far beyond the point where he could, eat that food and actually, and actually gain sustenance from it. Or at least the doctor felt that way. The doctor felt that the only way he could recoup is if he had an IV drip with vitamins and other things and glucose and all, and all this stuff. He just, they didn't trust him just eating more to get back. I, I don't know how that story so far applies to this, but you and I discussed this. So I, I told it just the way I told it to you, but uh, he started hoarding food in his case because of starvation. One of the things you, you might do is First of all, once you go in enough days without eating, you're not hungry anymore. And this, this guy wasn't suffering from hunger anymore. He would just have, like I have or, or Steve will have, we'll just have low energy. Like, you know, you have low energy because you need those calories, but your stomach doesn't hurt. You're not really lightheaded. You're not feeling all these unpleasant feelings from not having food in your body for the last three, four hours. You're just, hunger is not a thing anymore. You just, uh, you just feel low energy. And he was, feeling really low energy, he kind of, um, where he messed up is instead of eating enough fish so that he could stay really active and catch more, more game and do other things to, uh, you know, hunt and gather in order to feed himself. He took all the fish he had picked up during the, the salmon run. He didn't pick up anymore. And then since he rationed out this food over time, his energy was really low and he didn't have energy to catch any more food. He just didn't have any much energy to move around and do much of anything. So really at that point, he didn't feel he could catch anymore and he started hoarding the food. And that's, that's a, um, a psychological response to, to starvation to some point is hoarding, hoarding food. Um, so that, that, I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting, but in his case, he wasn't hungry anymore. He had the fish in his, in his hut, 
he could have just munched down all that salmon um, in a couple of days, really, just because he, you know, he was, he just, he, he was hung, he, you know, he, he was losing weight every day, but he made it past the point where he killed the hunger. He wasn't hungry anymore. And so he could sit there uh, losing weight every day on a, on a steep caloric deficit with fish um, an arm's length away, smoked, smoked salmon arm's length away. And he wouldn't, he wouldn't touch it. You know, it's just, it's a psychological play. Your, your body really did evolve to make it through these periods of feast and famine of taking in and storing calories when they're available, when they are available and then burning those calories off when they're not available. And this thing that happens to many people where they get lightheaded and, and feel like they're going to fucking pass out because they, they haven't had food in a few hours. That, that is just an addiction. It's, it's an, it's a, it's, those are symptoms of withdrawal that you're actually experiencing at that point. Yeah. And, so uh, um, yeah, you're done with your point. I'm done. I was going to follow up. Yeah, I was going to follow up on that. Um, so, it, you know, the thing is, like, a lot of people feel like, oh, I got to eat every two hours. But if you listen to the first myth talk that Rick was talking about, about eating breakfast, if you wake up in the morning, you throw food at your body, you're going to want to eat it again, like after an hour or two, you're going to get hungry again, because you're, you're, your ghrelin and your leptin and, and your insulin goes, goes haywire, your glucagon goes haywire. And it's just, you know, your body's going to tell you, hey, keep feeding me. But if you just wait to eat and just eat in the window later in the day, you won't get hungry. Um, and anything you feel um, is just going to be temporary. Like it, after like two to three weeks, your body will, will make that switch. You'll go from, you know, wanting to eat every two hours to eat, you're fine, you know, and just drink some water, you know, and you can add a pinch of salt to it and you won't get hungry anymore. So the, the main myth of this is number one, as human beings, our species, we're supposed to eat in a time restricted window. We're not supposed to graze on food from by the time we wake up, the time we go to sleep and eat in the middle of the night. That's not how our gut are, are made. And if you eat that type of style, you're going to ruin your gut health. And if you ruin your gut health, you're going to ruin everything. And that's one of the reasons we have a testosterone and fertility crisis going on right now is people's gut health. Because if you don't have good gut health, you can't absorb your vitamins and minerals. If you can't absorb your vitamins and minerals, you can't produce testosterone. You can't, your, your, um, H, your pituitary glands, your HPTA gets damaged. That's why you see all testosterone broker, broker, uh, boosters. What do they have in them, right? They have zinc and they have vitamin E because when your gut is destroyed, you can't absorb those foods anymore. And when you're eating shitty, which gets goes, you know, which we're going to go on to our, the next topic. When you eat shitty food, you don't get your vitamins and minerals. And it's a domino effect. Because if your gut is not healthy, you're not going to be able to absorb your food. That's why you see people who have Crohn's disease, which is an inflammatory disease of the gut, who eat plenty of red meat, but they have deficiencies in B12. But you have a vegan who eats a natural diet of fruits and vegetables, who doesn't have a deficiency in B12, even though they're not getting very much B12 in their diet. But the Crohn's, the person with Crohn's, they have to inject themselves with B12 because they're not getting the, the B12 from their food. So when, you, when your gut suffers, you see, it's a domino effect. So what a weapon to be able to absorb and Take advantage of the food you eat. That's the key to fitness. If you're going to use food to your advantage, that's what you have to do. You can't destroy your gut health by consuming these refined oils and consuming these bad foods and then expect your whole body to perform well. So this gets into our next topic, the other myth, if it fits your macros, IFYM. Okay, This is one of the worst myths that we see out there. But the good news is these people that were pushing this IFYM, they've all been discredited over the past few years. So here's, here's an interesting thing. There was a study done by a gentleman, and he actually, um, he actually tried this. He was actually a – let me find this. Uh, let me find this. Well, let's, uh, look up here. So this gentleman, he 
did IFFYM and he did, it was a professor, his name was Mark Hobb from Kansas State University. And for two months he ate junk food. He ate Doritos, Oreos, protein shakes, and Twinkies while hitting his protein target for the day and maintaining an energy deficit of 800 calories a day. The result of this, he went from being obese, 33% body fat to 25% body fat, which is still pretty fucking obese, right? So he went from very obese to obese, kind of like, remember Jared from Subway? He went from being fucking morbidly obese to, to just fat, you know? But the commercials had him with a That's bunch an of- It's an improvement, yeah. Yeah, it's an improvement, but it didn't get him in to, good to shape. federal prison then later on. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, um, and people still believe that eating subs can can you know make get, get you women, apparently. But okay, so this is an example. This guy went from being morbidly obese at 33% body fat, which is a more than 33.4% body fat, which is more okay, then uh that's a third, more than a third of his body was was fat. So he went from that to being a quarter of his body being fat, which is still 25% body fat is ridiculous. Like I, I can't imagine being 25% body fat. I'd have to, that would take a lot of work to get up to 25% body fat. But anyway, the point is here. Yes. He went from more of Libby's to just, and this is what happens on these stupid diets, like weight watchers where you're counting points is that initially you will you know, being able to eat in a deficit and counting your, you know, and, and, and doing fitting your macros and fitting your carbs and your protein by eating these junk, junky foods. If you're, if you're fat, you're, you, you might lose a little weight initially, but over time, you're just going to gain it back because you're, you're destroying your metabolism in the process. But that's not really the point. The point of this is what is going to happen if you eat junky foods like this? Okay. And you lose weight. Then all these people, these gurus who are like anorexic, anorexically skinny. Okay. They're like six, 7% body fat. They're those guys who've been skinny all their lives. And they're like, Oh, I eat pizza once a week. I eat a whole pizza once a week. I drink beer. I do. I eat fast food. I do all this stuff because you're already skinny. You can eat stuff like that because you're already skinny. You're going to stay skinny, but just like that heroin addict who lives under the underpass, who lives on alcohol and junk food for a living, okay? He eats no fruits or vegetables, he just, and he eats no quality protein, okay? No, no good, good you know, quality meats or anything like that, good quality protein. He's all junk. His health is severely bad. Even though he's skinny, his health is severely bad. So, this is the IF, this is why IFYM took off because there's a bunch of skinny dudes promoting this who can eat crap and stay skinny, but they're not telling you the damage. And even in this guy's study that he did, it was more like an experiment. It wasn't even a study. He even admits that it's not a good idea to do this because what happens is he had a really hard time when he came off of it of controlling his satiation. In other words, when he came off of it, he was more drawn to these junky foods. So that's number one reason why you shouldn't do IFYM. If you eat pizza once a week as a treat, you're never going to be able to stop eating that pizza. It's just going to become an addiction, like Rook was just talking about, or ice cream or sweets or anything. Any of these junky foods, you're not going to be able to get away from it. It's just like any addiction. It'd be like telling a porn addict so yeah, it's okay to look at porn once a week or heroin addict. Oh, it's okay to, 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 to take some heroin once a week or a, someone who is, um, can't, you know, is trying to quit smoking or an alcoholic. Oh, it's okay. You can have, have a shot once a week. It's no problem. If you're an alcoholic, that's not how you cure addictions guys. So if you're addicted to these junky foods, you can't just eat junky foods once a week and cure your addiction. You're, you're just going to crave them. And what ends up happening even if you follow a perfect diet for six days and then cheat on a Sunday, eventually what will happen is you're going to go back to eating those junky foods more than once a week. It's going to become twice a week, then three times a week, then five times a week, then every day. You're going to go back to the typical American diet. That's number one. Number two is the harmful effects eating these 
things do. You're going to be attracting disease to your body when you eat junky foods. Refined sugars, refined oils, which I just talked about, are, are magnets to disease. They are magnets to disease. Okay. Another thing is your micronutrient deficiencies. Okay. So what if you're hitting your targets of protein, carbs, and fats? That doesn't mean shit. What about your micronutrients? What about the vitamins and minerals? Are there vitamins and minerals in Twinkies? Are there vitamins and minerals in pizza? Are there vitamins and minerals in, you know, these junky foods and French fries and all this crap drenched in refined oils? No, not only is there no vitamins and minerals, they actually leach your body of vitamins and minerals. So bottom line, guys, IFYM, if you are, you know, someone trying to lose weight, IFYM and counting, you know, you counting your calories and eating junk food to, to lose weight may work initially like it did with this gentleman here that I talked about, but it's not going to work long term. It doesn't work. And if you're a skinny guy and you, you follow IFYM, it may work for you. But guess what? Your gut health is shit. Your addictions are shit. You have no control over what you eat. Okay. It's mind over matter. And it's, it's not going to be good. It's not healthy for you. It's a magnet to disease. It's not good for aging. It's not good for any of this stuff. And your gut health is going to suffer. You're going to be one of these guys that have to take, um, you know, something to, to go to the bathroom, or you're going to be one of these guys who have to take antacid medication because your gut health is so compromised. And, you know, it's not what we want. We're about health. I'm trying to teach you guys how to be healthy here. So you want to put good quality, whole food things in your body. You have to watch what you put in your body, guys. You have to do it. This is, we're, we're doing, you know, it doesn't make any sense for people to push IFYM. If they're in the fitness industry, it makes no fucking sense to push this ridiculous idea that you can eat Twinkies and pizza and French fries, and it's going to lead to health because it, it won't. These foods are, are extremely bad for you guys. And then like, you know, some people say, oh, my health is great. My health is perfect. Blah, blah, blah. Look, if you're eating those foods, your health is not perfect. Because the thing, here's the thing with bodybuilding. Here's another thing these guys don't understand, these skinny guys. They look themselves in the mirror and they see someone who they think is healthy. But we don't know what's inside. We, we don't know what's inside. That's the thing with bodybuilding. No one cares what's inside in bodybuilding. It's all what's in the mirror, right? That's why you see pro bodybuilders dropping dead in their 40s. They look incredible on the outside, but they're dead on the inside. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So definitely, you know, it's all about what you put in your body. And another thing too, energy levels, your energy, you're telling me eating pizza, French fries, and Twinkies before a workout is going to, you're going to feel good during your workout. And guess what? If you're that type of person who says, you know what? I feel good after eating that stuff. You will feel better eating healthy food before a workout, if you, you know, two, three hours before a workout that day, what you put in your body, the day of a workout is going to make a huge difference of how much energy you have during your workout and how much your body is going to be able to, you know, bust its ass to, because you're putting a lot of stress. And that's the, the last point I'm going to make on this before I let Rick, you know, chime in a little bit stress. We talk about stress a lot. Have you ever been in a situation where you went to the gym and something was stressing you out? You know, you had a bad day at work or, you know, some you know, fight with your wife or, or husband or whatever. You go to the gym and just, workouts just not the same. Well, <clears throat> it's the same thing with food. Food for most of us is actually the number one stressor because you put foods in your body that stress your body that is hard to digest. You know, you put something in your body like pizza, which is freaking 50 different ingredients in a pizza, okay? Your enzymes in your body have to get released to, die, to process that food. And it's hard on your body to process a pizza or process a Twinkie or process, you know, any of, the, of these other junky foods that Pop-Tarts or any of this, this crap that people that do IFOM follow, that's just stressing out your body. That's energy being taken away from your workout. 
just like when you play a video game, you play a video game, you have a certain amount of, of the bar. And when the bar goes down to zero, then, you know, boom, game over. Then you have to put another quarter in the machine to, to do another game, right? It was the same thing with your body. The more you stress it out, you go to the gym and now you're stressing your body out again, working out. Doesn't make any sense. So if you can focus in on your workout and, and, and eat healthy foods that don't stress your body out, single ingredient, whole foods, your workout is going to be ex exponentially better and you'll, you won't stress out your body. So that is my reasoning why IFYM is a myth. And frankly, these guys that were pushing it a few years ago, they're all gone anyway. They, because all the people they were coaching on this shit realize that shit don't work you know so nobody i don't see anyone with any legitimacy even pushing this crap anymore for that reason there's a few guys out there who don't know shit about nutrition they never read a nutrition book in their life still pushing it but like any legitimate person does not push this crap who has any type of education on on nutrition so rick rick i'll let you finish out uh, the, 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 you know, if you have any final thoughts on uh, these myths. We've said it many times, you always want to focus on good, wholesome foods. If you do have a, a McDonald's or Burger King or Taco Bell or one of these cheat meals, which I'll do every once in a while, especially if I'm, if I'm doing a lot of MMA training for that month, if I'm going to dojo uh, three, four times a week and rolling and stuff, I'm definitely need need a lot of calories. So for a situation like that, I might slam down some fast foods. Now, what I don't do is this. I never take a soda. Make sure to ask for seltzer water if you're going to do that. Also, uh, take some um, 3D multi or some Entugar along with those calories. So that way you actually add vitamins and minerals and, and nutrients and good things to what otherwise would be just a kind of an empty calorie meal. And three, um, I always take dietary fiber uh, after i've eaten the food uh, once my stomach settles a little bit i'm not as full i'll take a big scoop of um psyllium husk and wash that down and if you add some a uh, few capsules of entugard or a couple tablets of 3d multi one of my my products uh, guys that i sell we, we sponsor the show uh, then you're adding vitamins and minerals to that food and then if you go ahead and put some psyllium husk behind it, then that cheat meal is not so bad, especially if you, if you omit the sugar, you just don't drink the sugar water. There's just, there's just no need for it. Okay. So you could have uh, if you want to have a, a number two from Burger King with uh, extra bacon and cheese and large fries and just get a salsa water, no sugar and a couple of tablets of 3d multi, or maybe a tablet of 3d multi and three capsules of Entugar. That's a good stack. Boom. Right with it. And then uh, an hour or two later, some psyllium husk. Maybe you got some psyllium husk an hour before, an hour, an hour, an hour after. Big scoop of it. That's, that's a good, it's a good way to deal with one of those styles of cheat meals. But but not on a daily basis. You don't want to on a daily basis really uh, take a huge part of your calories from from these junk foods. Uh, there's a lot of different things. So there's a reason why those damn patties taste the same no matter what part of the country you're in. But if you go to a burger house in the same town, two different burger joints in the same house, burgers would be completely different. But every damn patty from these fast food places tastes the same no matter if you're in NY, Florida, Cali, Washington, Puerto Rico, Alaska, whatever, they all taste the same. There's there's a lot more going on there than meets the eye and, and you got to understand that. So cheat meal's good. Um, if you're on a heavy caloric uh, requirements because you're doing MMA, you're you're cycling a lot. You're, I mean, you're you're not just lifting weights um, to look good. You're actually doing real active things with your body that make you burn a ton of calories. It might get it might get difficult and expensive to really chump down all those calories in, in good wholesome foods. You might want to have your good wholesome diet, and then add you know if you really need it, add a few hundred calories of some empty calories to go along with it. And, and I remember uh, one of the first guys I ever heard talk about this publicly was, was Tito Ortiz, this big guy. And he was doing training sessions, going up to a fight. He'd have to 
have some fast food because it would just be hard and possible to get enough calories and to train. But then he was also having good, wholesome meals um, to get all of his nutrition uh, on the side as well. And that's a good fix for guys who need more calories, but I'm sure that's not the majority of you out there. The majority of you, of you out there are not worried about getting more calories. Some of you have uh, extra lard, extra weight to lose. And for you guys, um, yeah, do not, do not subscribe to if it fits your macros. You really want to go as wholesome and organic as possible. Uh, a quick note, uh, Steve, I read a, a recent article, uh, pretty interesting. Um, they, archaeologists used to never pay much attention to, to poop, even though a human poop, really, really old human poop has been found many a times and it's been collected and but they never really got into it as much as they have the last few years and we figured out that ancient man used to have about a hundred grams of fiber in their diet every day 100 grams of fiber guys how much fiber that is a couple scoops of psyllium husk might give you you know 10 20 30 grams of, of fiber if, if you got big scoops 100 grams of fiber is the average. It's kind of the baseline of what they're finding in ancient human poop. So it leads me to believe that if for thousands of years our guts evolved, well, I'm sure for many uh, uh, other species that, that came before us and then onto us, our guts evolved to process this much fiber, to, to, to have this much fiber in it in order for normal functions. There's a very good chance you, your gut might not be working all that great, might not be working optimally because you're just not getting that much fiber. So that's not a thing to throw yeah. in there. Steve. Well, um, yeah, 85% of, of people listening to this have um, are metabolically metabolically sick in, in the gut. And um, yeah, we are the way our, our guts are are uh, are made, we need to eat a lot of fiber and we have to eat a lot of watery types of foods. So, um, you know, unfortunately, if you're a meat eater, um, eating a, a steak, you know, medium well or well done is not is not going to get you where you need to go. You have to eat the organ of the animal. That's that's where the water is. You know what I'm saying? So um, we're doing a lot wrong. I really there's a lot of guys out there talking about. They only want the muscle in the animal. I mentioned eating chicken hearts, chicken livers, chicken gizzards, cow tongue, cow um, liver. Because because cow heart. you can buy up, cow heart. We grew yeah. up eating like that. It's considered disgusting to eat eat the organs, but that is actually the healthy part of the animal. And of course, the bone marrow. And um, I actually um, at some point I have a I'm couple gonna... of I have a couple of chicken liver recipes, bro, that are fucking incredible. Chicken liver is one of the tastiest things you can eat. And I can't believe people don't. Um, you can chicken liver if you if you if you if you if you cook it properly, you can make something that tastes like chicken butter. I mean, it's just incredible. It's really incredible food. So I don't. Yeah, the the you know animals in the wild, you know, and even humans who live in the bush, the, when they are lucky enough to, you know, um, get a large animal like a gazelle or something, the first thing they eat is is the organs of the animal. And the last thing they eat is the muscle of the animal. So that's, that's actually the order that we should be eating. So, but people, yeah. they, they cut off <laughs> everything of the animal and just eat the, the muscle, but it's just because we grew up like that. And that's what we can, but we're going to cover that. We're going to, you know, you know, real quickly, I, uh, that, that show that I like uh, life below zero, the guys on there, you see on, on the show all the time, they, they shoot caribou, they shoot moose, they shoot animals. And, the favorite parts that they like to eat, they like to eat the tongue of the caribou, the heart of the caribou. Um, got, they talk a lot about how the kidney fat in the moose is really, really good. If you can almost eat it raw, it's so good. Uh, kidney fat, mm, hearts, tongues, really is, it's, it's, these are like the, the parts of the body that are, that are nice. Uh, there is a, a, a guy walked by a, what could easily be seen. It was just a, a scene. It was done with a, a bear had been eaten. Apparently, a bear had been cannibalized by another bear. They'll do that sometimes. And this particular bear, the, the, the winning bear, the one that ate him, uh, ate his tongue, his heart, liver, 
uh, some of its uh, some of its organs and left the arms and legs, left all the meat and basically ate just like just the organs of the animal because at the end of the day, uh, that's where that's where most of the nutrition is. There is definitely nutrition in, in the meat in the muscle. Let, let's not let's not say there isn't. There's definitely there definitely is. But the plethora of different vitamins, minerals, and all these good things that are in the organs, it's, it's, it's much wider. I mean, it's more- it's the, least, the reason is the least watery part of the animal is the muscle, especially when you cook it. So we're talking about maybe, I don't know, 40% um, water. And then when you cook it, it shrinks. Obviously, when you cook a steak, you notice it shrinks for a reason. And, and the diversity of cells, you know, all cells are, are built of, 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 of a different... Um, all of the different cells in the body have a, a bit of a different amino acid makeup, yeah. you know, because for a certain, whatever job that cell is meant to do, it'll it'll be built with, with like the amino acids, the organelles, everything the cell needs for that job. Well, muscles only have a, a very limited type of cells where an organ might have many different types of cells going through it. Something like um, something like a liver, like a kidney. I mean, there's a, a lot of different cells made up of different uh, things, different combinations of amino acids with, with minerals, uh, vitamins are necessary. So there, there's more nutrition, more a wider, different amount of things that your body needs and all of these organs. It's just the way it is. All right, guys, sums it up. And then, of course, your fruits and vegetables, you want fiber to uh, like I know people, they don't eat any fruits or vegetables, none. All they, you know, it's just, it's incredible. And uh, fruits and vegetables are very, very important um, to get water in and, and uh, fiber. So for, for people, for, for people out there that have a hard time with, with taking a lot of fruits and vegetables, um, just having like a, a really good organic greens powder that you have a, a couple of, uh, of scoops of a day and having some good psyllium husk it's a good supplement way to bring into your body a lot of the things you but i mean it's not it's 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 not it's there's nothing like just good wholesome yeah yeah we get yeah especially if you grow them yourself there's just nothing like it yeah if you eat a a greens powder it's i mean it's not going to really do anything i i I don't know i don't think it does anything well the 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 issue with the greens powder is that uh, you've removed the fiber from the vegetables which is a a lot of the benefit but some of the micronutrients uh some of the vitamins minerals different things in the plant that you're actually looking to get you get it in the greens powder but it definitely there's definitely i I see the problem i just don't see i don't see i don't see um why anyone would have them with fruits and vegetables? I mean, they're delicious. I mean, I don't see, I, I, I just don't yeah, get I it. Agree. I but agree. Like, I love it. Again, it's just people probably just didn't grow up eating them and they don't have a taste for them. But I mean, there's nothing better than, than a, a, a tropical fruit, like a delicious watermelon or all kinds of fruit, all kinds of vegetables. Right now, we're in pumpkin season, man. You know how many, how many different spinach. things you can make? I love spinach. Not many different uh, types Swiss of pumpkins there are. Yeah. I make a, a pumpkin cream, pumpkin. I mean, this is butternut squash, uh, sweet potatoes. Yeah. It's, it's, it's amazing. All these broccoli, There's a lot of different well, things. Yep, you gotta absolutely. eat those. You gotta eat, you gotta eat those with your, with your uh, dinner. So, but we're going to hit these up guys. Episode 442. Hope you guys learned a lot. Um, definitely, you know, hit me up if you want, um, some more help with your diet. That's what I specialize in. We'll talk to you guys next week. Take care. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, guys. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.